So what do you want to talk about? What's up? It's Jonathan Hood. Happy holidays to you and your family on this special edition of Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Absolutely. We are here to do a year in review show for pro wrestling in 2022. Of course, you can pick up our merchandise, t-shirts, mugs, sweatshirts, and so much more. Go to the bio of our Instagram at Good Karma Wrestling on Instagram, as well as on Twitter at GKW underscore wrestling. That's where you can find Good Karma Wrestling. Have you heard about this? Have you seen this? Have you listened to this? Good Karma Wrestling airs every Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 Pacific. You can check out our show there. You can find it on YouTube. You can find it on Twitch as well, twitch.tv forward slash um, Good Karma Wrestling. It's all there, though. Check out the bio. Click the link tree right there. You get all the information you need. Where can I find your show? Why can't I listen to the podcast? It's all there. If you just go to GKW underscore wrestling on Twitter or Good Karma Wrestling on Instagram, if you are a wrestling fan or know of one, tell them that Jonathan Hood is on with Gabe and Brian every Thursday live talking pro wrestling with you. As I mentioned, we've got our merchandise there in that same link. Just click that link tree and you say, oh, there's where the podcast is. Oh, that's where I can watch on Twitter. Oh, that's where I can watch. Oh, I can check it out on YouTube. It's all there. Good Karma Wrestling. Well, this is Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday because this was the granddaddy of the pro wrestling podcast I was doing uh, way before I got on to Good Karma Wrestling. Let me just tell you this. I am so grateful and so happy that our show is growing because of you. Go Karma Wrestling is growing. It started in April. We started WrestleMania weekend. And Gay, Brian, and I are so happy that the show continues to grow more and more each week. And a lot of it comes from those of you watching the show live at ESPN 1000 in Chicago. We were able to have this show on the app at ESPN Los Angeles. The show is on the app for Wisconsin On Demand for at ESPN Milwaukee on Twitter, at ESPN West Palm, at ESPN New York on their platform as well, on their um, page as well as at ESPN Cleveland. And we're on the Land On Demand uh, at ESPN Cleveland as well as um, – able to watch it on Twitter at ESPN Madison as well, but we have been able to grow because of you. So I just want to start off this show by telling you, thank you so much for checking out our podcast, telling people about our podcast. And again, to be able to watch it on Twitch and YouTube, we are overjoyed by the growth of our show. And boy, we're going to kick some more ass in 2023 because we love bringing this show to you. And I love bringing you TWT because I've always been here. (laughs) I've always been here giving you wrestling content. And so it's only fair that the day after Christmas at four o'clock central time, I'm able to give you um, 10 things that's on my mind for 2022 and look ahead to 2023 professional wrestling. So as I mentioned, I gave you all the things that you need to know about how you can tell somebody about our wrestling content, or if you're new to it, welcome to it because we're on every Thursday, but I do have 10 things I want to roll out before we get to the new year. Okay. You know, I'm starting, instead of starting to the top, I'm going to go to the bottom, go to the bottom. So we're going to hear from Tony Khan and Triple H in just a moment, but I just want to be able to talk about number 10 on my list, and that is AEW. Did you know that on January 5th, AEW had, uh, went over to TBS, and they already have two shows, AEW Dynamite and AEW Rampage. They also were able to introduce AEW Battle of the Belts, which has not been exactly what we thought it would be, but here's the point. Tony Khan. Tony Khan the owner of 
All Elite Wrestling. Has been doing this for about three years, going on four years as a owner and CEO and promoter of this brand, All Elite Wrestling. And it started off hot because it was something totally different, right? You see Kenny Omega, you see the Young Bucks, and you see John Moxley and so many others that are on, on this roster. And I think that it's leveled off some because there are greater expectations every week. This is interesting, the business model for AEW, because their business model is we're going to give you banger matches. And boy, as a wrestling fan, that's all you want, right? You want to see great competition. Of course, some want to just be entertained, want to laugh, want to be able to point and laugh at the wrestlers or just be able to bitch about wrestling. But I think that for the most part, the majority of us want to see great matches. And boy, more times than not, you're seeing some terrific main event matches, some matches that you don't expect that actually are really good competition. I think that's a great business model. Now, I believe AEW is light on story, but also very strong on the other end of giving you quality matches. The Moving over to TBS is good for AEW because they have shows now on TNT, which is Rampage, and the other one is Dynamite. And so you have three hours of AEW to sample. And I think that's great for a young company. I always say this, that there are some that look at what's going on in AEW and saying, well, how come it's not on the same wavelength as WWE? And how come that this, you know, to me, it's a young company. And so they have still have to be able to grow. I see their roster and it's plentiful. It's a lot of talent on that roster. I would say to Tony Khan, though, at some point, there has to be longer term storylines to be able to sink your teeth into. And it's great to have matches, but it has to be able to lead someplace and lead someplace where it does make sense. Ultimately, when you put on a television show, an episodic television show, it doesn't matter if it's a murder mystery, it doesn't matter if it's a comedy, it doesn't matter what it is. You have to be able to have a story. If, you have, if you're presenting characters, you have to be able to have a story behind those characters, especially the ones you believe in. You have to be able to look at those characters and say, okay, you know what, for... The next couple of months, three months, we're going to lead this someplace to a really solid pay-per-view, and it's going to pay off. And I think that a lot of times it's kind of like this person against this person. What a banger match. Okay, so what about next week? And so I think that when you are a young booker and young in the business, you got to figure out how you can be able to tie things together. I think that AEW has been a success so far. I don't know if Tony Khan feels that way, but I think it's been a success so far. But it still has to grow. One thing that we have to underline about AEW, even if you're anti-WWE, you have to hear this. I think it's very important, as I go to number nine here, that you have to understand whether you are AEW or Impact Wrestling or if you are New Japan Pro... You have to understand that you're taking on a legacy in the WWE, a long legacy going back to Jess McMahon and Vince McMahon Sr. and Vince uh, Vince Jr. And now into the hands of Triple H. It's a long legacy that you have to battle. And it's not one of these quick fixes that all of a sudden, you know, once you put a couple of matches in the ring, that people forget about WWE. It doesn't work that way. You have to have sustainability to establish yourself as a number two, or if you consider a number one, to be able to take on WWE. So number nine on my list is the trilogy between FTR and the Briscoes. So here's what I'm talking about with story. Because the Briscoes are not allowed to be on Discovery Warner Television, 
Uh, FTR and the Briscoe somehow got were able to get around that and have three banger matches. Three different matches, but three great matches. As a matter of fact, if you go in the archives of Good Karma Wrestling, we did our 2022 award show. And <laughs> the three of us, Brian, Gabe, and I had no idea who we were going to vote for. We just said, okay, here are the categories. And we la- lined up all the categories for Good Karma Wrestling. I said, okay, here's what we're going to do. Say we're going to have our categories and we will announce them on the air. Male wrestler of the year, female wrestler of the year, match of the year, feud of the year, moment of the year, pay-per-view of the year, promotion of the year. And uh, ends up being match of the year. All three of us picked FTR Briscoes and all three different matches. I said two out of three falls. I think Brian had the dog collar match and Gabe had the other match. And it's just, it's incredible. As much as I love good tag team wrestling, I will prefer a great tag over a single sometimes, depending on who's in the ring. That's just me historically as a wrestling fan. But the trilogy was just absolutely fantastic. And it's not necessarily about the blood and the gore, the blood and the guts, pal. It's not even about that. It is about how both tag teams gave it their all. And I will remember 2022 of seeing, watching FTR and the Briscoes on the Ring of Honor brand. And for those two tag teams to just tear it up. And they were great. I love the two out of three fall match. I think the dog collar match, if anything else about uh, the Tony Khan experience with AEW, he knows how to put on a good dog collar match. All the dog collar matches that they've had have been great. And this one that they had, if you have not seen those matches, hey, this is the holidays. Go back and try to find some place where you can find FTR and Briscoes. You'd be hard-pressed to find better tag team wrestling than what they provide. Number eight, speaking of ROH. So ROH was purchased by Tony Khan. And so I, the question was, so... This big deal, and I remember this vividly, watching Dynamite, and Tony Schiavone's in the ring, and he gives the mic off to Tony Khan because he's got this big announcement. What's this big announcement? The big announcement is is that he owns Ring of Honor, and the crowd, of course, is in Jacksonville, so they're going to be pro-Tony, whatever he says. And so there was some cheers and some applause there, like, oh, man, Tony Khan has purchased Ring of Honor. And my thought was, what does that mean? (laughs) I was thinking, all right. So when you go to do some research, you come to find out that Tony Khan wanted to make sure that he pretty much blocked the WWE from buying the Ring of Honor library. So he just bought the company. It was a dormant company. I remember watching our last pay-per-view final battle. uh, And it was just, you know, a whole bunch of great matches that I used to go pay to see at Chicago Ridge. Um, to be able to watch those great matches that they had. And, you know, watching Seth Rollins when he was Tyler Black and watching, you know, Brian Danielson and watching Christopher Daniels and Samoa Joe Boy and CM Punk, some really, really great matches. But Tony Khan bought and purchased Ring of Honor. And the scuttlebutt and the questions was, okay, so he gets Ring of Honor. And then to the point where he is introducing or reintroducing the Ring of Honor Heavyweight Championship, the Ring of Honor Television Championship, the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships. And it's just like, okay, (laughs) 
the Ring of Honor Women's Championship. And we're like, okay, so why is this on my AEW TV? Why don't you just put this on YouTube? No, 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 no. He put it on Dynamite to the point where I believe, if I'm not mistaken, in 2022, did we not see some Ring of Honor main events on Dynamite or on Rampage? And it was kind of, it was frustrating to the diehard AEW fan because they just want to see their AEW wrestlers. These ROH guys coming in there and it's kind of like, okay, so what's, what's the point of this? Well, the point is, is that when Jericho was the champion, when Chris Jericho was a champion, I thought, okay, this is interesting. Here's a guy who's been there and done that. He doesn't need to be the ROH champion, but he is. I really believe that Tony Khan was trying to shop the ROH brand to networks by saying, hey, look, the ROH champion is Chris Jericho. He'd be the face of it. Why don't you consider putting ROH on this particular platform, this brand? I'm thinking that Tony Khan went to try to shop that and it did not work because I think that what um, Tony Khan wanted to do was to put this on a network for people to see on a cable channel or a network for people to see. And it did not work. Chris Jericho being the champion did not resonate, I believe, with people that he tried to sell this to. Maybe HBO Max, maybe Paramount. I don't know. Maybe another uh, channel in the Discovery Turner uh, Warner Media brand. I'm not sure. All I know is that the announcement was that ROH now is going to be on ROH Honor Club, right back where you started. Because ROH Honor Club was something that was happening right before they shut down. If you want to see um, live events or house shows, or if you want to see pay per views, or if you want to watch the show weekly, you had to pay to see Ring of Honor Honor Club. And it's just kind of like, and that's something I've never purchased. I had no interest in getting ROH Honor Club. I would find other means to be able to see uh, ROH programming if I wanted to, but not ROH Honor Club. And now we're right back at it again. And I just think that that, to me, is a fart in church. It is. Because the Ring of Honor brand, when he purchased it, didn't mean a hell of a lot. It means something to maybe me or you that maybe went to a Ring of Honor show. Those of you listening in Maryland or those of you who are listening in, in the Chicagoland area or in Indiana, Michigan. There's a lot of places where Ring of Honor would go. But I guess the biggest deal for me is, is that, okay, Ring of Honor Honor Club. So along with me paying for HBO Max or me paying for ESPN Plus or me paying for Paramount or whatever other things that you pay for, so... I'm going to pay for ROH Honor Club and they're going to wrestle in Orlando in front of 200 people on a weekly basis. And then we see Claudio defend the championship. It's kind of like, that's not, I don't think that's what Tony Khan wanted. We'll see how it works out. Um, But I really thought that ROH would be on a, on a weekly platform for us to be able to see, because this, I think that ROH um, in this reimagined way could have been something bigger. And I just think it's very kind of like the same in a lot of ways. We'll see how it works out in 2023. Number seven on my list, we saw the dawning of the Jim Crocker promotions. How about this? Jim Crocker promotions. So Ric Flair had his last match in 2022. <laughs> just never thought I'd see that. But you saw that it was Jay Lethal and it was Jeff Jarrett who had a hell of a 2022, by the way. He was in five different promotions uh, in the ring or doing something, either refereeing or wrestling, which is just amazing to me. But Jim Crocker Promotions was back, and I bought a Four Horsemen t-shirt. I'm wearing a Four Horsemen t-shirt right now that I purchased, um, which is 
really cool. I couldn't afford it in 1987 when they had these <laughs> when I was uh, in high school. But now as an adult, I've got myself a Forrestman t-shirt similar to the the original one from the 80s. So I'm so glad I've got that on right now. Proud to wear a Forrestman t-shirt. But the point is, though, Jim Crocker Promotions came back for at least a one-off. And one of our great interviews, we talked to David Crockett, which was awesome to talk to David, who... Um, who was the brother of Jim Crockett. Um, and it was so great to talk to him about Ric Flair's last match. And just to see that Andrade, who we have not heard from in a while, by the way, Andrade and Ric Flair in a matchup against Jay Lethal and, uh, and Jeff Jarrett is just amazing. And I think that Jim Crockett Promotions is going to come back in 2023 in some way, shape, or form. I don't know how, but I, it, you say Ric Flair's last match, it's in Nashville and it's sold out. Wrestling is so amazing that way, isn't it? Because people could say, look at this guy, 70-something years old, it's Ric Flair. Nobody wants to see that. And it did well financially. And it sold out that building because it's Ric Flair's quote-unquote last match. And then they come to find out that Ric Flair wants to wrestle again in 2023. It will happen again, too. That's one of my predictions. That even though it's his last match, he'll come back. Because he already was regretting, I don't know, maybe six weeks to maybe three months in to his last match afterwards, he was like, maybe I shouldn't have said that. I regret saying that. (laughs) So that's number seven. Now time for the top six at six. But before we get to that top six at six, let me tell you, we have got merchandise and also we've got Manscaped. So the two M's. I've got merchandise for Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday, T-shirts, mugs, and sweatshirts, and so much more. Check it out. Go to the link in the bio of Good Karma Wrestling on Instagram or on Twitter at GKW underscore wrestling. And you can get yourself a T-shirt that says, hey, I listen to Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday with Jay Hood. And on top of that, Manscaped. Guys, listen. You say, well, Hood. I could have used this during the holidays. No, you can use it to start off 2023 the right way. Jingle bells? No, how about jingle balls? How about making sure that you and your undercarriage is taken care of? You know you need some help down there, like the late Scott Hall used to say. Help down there? Oh, yes, you do. Why don't you go to Manscaped? Go to Manscaped.com, and I want you to put the promo code in HOOD. H-O-O-D, that's my last name, HOOD, my legit shoot last name, uh, and get 20% off. It's right there for you. Manscaped.com, the best in uh, grooming for men. And they've got underwear in there. They've got the 4.0, the lawnmower. That's what they call it, the 4.0 lawnmower. Uh, and to get those uh, little, you know, those really sensitive places that you need some grooming help in, <laughs> check it out. It's all there. If you don't believe me, just go to Manscaped.com. Use my last name, Hood. Get 20% off. Listen. Do something new for 2023. You know, you hear people say this or you see this on social media all the time. New me, new you, boo. I'm a, I'm a new me and new you. I'm a do me and 20. Okay, well, then do you with Manscaped. Manscaped.com. And uh, again, it's uh, something for you or a gift for someone else. <laughs> Manscaped.com. Use the promo code HOOD. Get 20% off your order. Okay, so let me get to number six. But before we do that, I want you to hear from Tony Khan. Tony Khan was on... With Grapsity. So you say, well, Hood, what's Grapsity? Well, let me just tell you, there's some really, really great, solid podcasts that are out there. I love what we do on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. I love what we do for Good Karma Wrestling because we feel like that we're giving you our opinions and the latest information about professional wrestling. And so Grapsity is one of these um, 
really fine podcast that's under the Fightful banner, Fightful. Um, and so Philip Lindsay, Chicago Zone, Will Washington, Righteous Reg, they got a chance to sit down with Tony Khan. Tony Khan's been on this program as well. If you go back to the archives and check out my interview with Tony Khan, I talked to him earlier this year. But they just talked to Tony a few days ago uh, about fans in AEW. So before I get to number six, let's hear from Tony Khan, the CEO, owner of AEW, uh, on the criticism that he's getting from AEW fans. Wrestling fans are amazing, amazing, amazing people. But I think in some ways, we're trying, some wrestling fans, I would just plead, plead. I'm sitting up. This is the first time I've actually sat up in an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very relaxed. Guys, it was like, before you were like, why is this match happening? They shouldn't do this match. There's no build. Maybe it's the start of something. How would you know? Like, people, people when we announced there's going to be a trio, Casino Trios Royale, and, you know, Mox and Darius are going to have a match. Well, first of all, they're both going to be involved in this match. Maybe there's going to be something there on Friday. So we've already told you they're going to be doing something else. So there's a, I saw somebody like this match is unnecessary. What does that even mean? What does that mean? <laughs> you say it's not a, a way that people can watch TV anymore because every match has to have some kind of story to get into it. Well, what about just a story that everybody wants to be the best? I, you know, and and that's how most sports are and there aren't, there are storylines going into games and matches. And the worst criticism, the fakest criticism, was there was this criticism of, like, I don't even want to say it because people would make it a quote because they'll pull out the things you say, like, <laughs> as, the, as a portion of a quote within a quote. But people question if there were storylines in the show. I'm like, are you shitting me? Like, there's so many in every show. And out of five, six matches in a show, most of them will have those hooks. And, uh, you know... I got to say, on next week's show, looking at it, every match will have story going into it um, on Dynamite. And there's weeks where it could be a match where two wrestlers wrestling for the first time. Uh, but maybe it's going to lead somewhere for one of them, for both of them, together, separately. Watch it. Tony's mic was not great, but we were still able to hear what Tony Khan was saying in that Zoom with Fightful and uh, with the guys from Grapsity do a great job. Okay, so he says that, uh, you know, criticism of every AEW match having to t- have a story and some fans have a little lack of patience. Well, I mean, this is something that's happened historically. This is not anything specifically for 2022. Fans want to see where a direction's going. Are you leading into something? Um, just like a movie, just like anything else. If there's a story to be told, tell the story. And then it's up to the audience to determine exactly where the story is going. Um, he says that, you know, this upcoming episode of Dynamite, it's gonna, everything is based on the story. Um, you know, the criticism is valid. And uh, one thing for Tony Khan that we saw and it was re- revealed in 2022 is, is that he's not big on criticism. And when it came to him snapping off on Triple H and and the WWE and <laughs> some of the things he was saying in those press conferences, he just lost control. And it's, it was very odd and very uncomfortable because I'm thinking, Tony, I mean, you're a promoter. You got to have a little bit more um, understanding that this is a wrestling war 
and that WWE is going to do what it can to win and they should do everything they can to win. He wants to be friends with everybody and WWE is like, no, we have our own business. It's um, very interesting, very interesting Tony Khan uh, in this position. But when it comes to story, yeah, that's the reason why I watch. It's a male soap opera for the most part. So it's, it's weird that he says that, but there are times where it's just cold matches. And And by the way, there's no criticism of the cold matches. Remember, I grew up in the in the eighties watching wrestling, especially in Chicago. Uh, Ten thousand squash matches, five thousand great promos, and an and an angle a year. That's how I grew up in the eighties watching wrestling, and it, it was any company, <laughs> pretty much. It was WWF. It was uh, it was the NWA. It was uh, the AWA with Vern Gagne. It's very rarely that we get a great angle. Right, so I have no problem with the wrestling for sure, but the point is though is that you have to be able to establish stories to be able to build an audience, and so uh, his uh, opinion of that is different than mine. Top six at six. Are you ready? Number six. So I wrote down six wrestlers in either AEW or WWE that I'm interested in their story for 2023. Takeshita is on my list in AEW. So he came to the United States and boy, he just, he impressed a lot of people, a lot of people. If you haven't seen his matches, go back and look for Takeshita. He is uh, an amazing talent out of Japan. And I'm looking forward to seeing what he's going to do in 2023 because he's officially signed now at AEW. So is he going to continue to lose matches with Jon Moxley? Or is he, is he going to be a future world heavyweight champion or a singles champion in which he's going to have banger matches? Um, this, when we talk about building a roster, you're going to lose some wrestlers and that's going to happen for both companies. But if you could build on someone as, as star driven as Takeshita is, I think that works. I'm interested in Cody Rhodes in 2023. How soon will we see Cody Rhodes? Will he be in the Royal Rumble? Will he be part of WrestleMania? Um, who's he going to wrestle? Cody Rhodes was the hottest thing on television for a while in 2022 before the injury. I said uh, the feud of the years for me was Cody Rhodes and uh, Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins. They had three great matches, three matches in which Cody beat Seth in all three, which was surprising. Nobody saw Seth Rollins losing three times to Cody Rhodes, but it happened. He comes off of AWTV and beats Seth Rollins three times. Uh, that's not old school wrestling. <laughs> that's that's not old school wrestling at all, as a matter of fact. Uh, the idea that Cody wins three matches, and then, of course, that third match, that unbelievable scene we saw in Chicago. Hell in a Cell, he's in the main event, takes off his robe, and you can see that his peck is torn because his chest is black and blue and red and white and so many different colors. It was, that was amazing. It's amazing he wrestled that match uh, and won that match as a matter of fact, which is crazy. I'm really interested in what Cody is going to bring. You know, Vince brought in Cody Rhodes. But are Cody Rhodes and Triple H cool? Going to find out in 2023. It's all about what's best for business, right? Well, we're going we're gonna to test out that axiom for sure in 2023. Ricky Starks had a really solid match. Not great, but a solid match against MJF. The build for it was pretty good as far as the both guys going back and forth in a promo. I heard Ricky Starts' promo of his life against MJF. I thought the matchup was pretty good. Could have been better if both guys had more time to wrestle out, you know, for house shows. 
Um, they, they can work on this match, but it was kind of a, a cold match for both of those guys. Uh, Ricky was okay. MJF was terrific. And, uh, but I'm interested in finding out what happens now. Now, it, it's funny. You hear from Tony Khan. And Tony Khan says, oh, you know, of course we've got story. Okay, so Ricky Starks loses to MJF. Now what happens to Ricky Starks? Is he right back in the in the title picture? Will he have another chance? Because people in Austin, Texas were so behind him. So behind him. Then we see the match. And so you don't want that enthusiasm for Ricky, especially as good as he is in the mic, to taper off. That's funny. One week he's on with MJF and have a program. The next week he's going back and forth with Chris Jericho. Okay, so what happens to Ricky? Is he back in the title picture at some point in 2023? We will see. Um, what else? Oh, Miro is on my list. Miro. So, what's up with Miro? You know, I've been watching this show East New York on CBS because I'm old. Uh, and But I like Richard Kind. He's a really a funny actor. And I've been watching the show. And I saw Miro in the first episode. He was like this Russian um, guy that was, uh, I think he was an arms dealer or something like that. He got shot in the episode. He got killed in the episode, as a matter of fact. And I saw Miro. I'm like, oh, there's, there's Miro. He's on East New York on a CBS show. I've not seen him since. Is Miro going back to the WWE? Or, and on top of that, if he's not going to WWE, what is happening with him in AEW? You can't find creative for that guy? See, you can get as much talent as, as possible. You get as much talent as you want. I mean, you're Tony Khan. You have the money to do that. But everybody can't get over. But I will also say this, that who would you rather see? Would you rather see Action Andretti or would you rather see Miro? I mean, I, I mean it's just a decent, you know, thoughtful question, I think. Who would you rather see? Would you rather see Miro in the title picture or him just running over people, being part of the House of Black or going against the House of Black? What would you rather see? Miro gets a reaction when he comes out there and he's sitting at home. I'm interested in the bunny. Who isn't, right? Um, The bunny, is she the next person to be able to step up and uh, take one of these AEW championships, whether that is against Jade Cargill or whether it is uh, against, you know, the AEW women's champion. You know, Jamie Hayter has done a really good job as a champion. I, I've, I think that the crowds, everywhere she goes, she gets a reaction. And I think that the crowd, I think you and I as fans have pushed her into this world championship because of the reaction she gets. She deserves this because the crowd appreciates her. And that's not a diss at Britt Baker. I just think that people are into Jamie Hayter. I know I am. There's a reason why that uh, her theme uh, her theme song is part of Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday over the last year plus. Um, but I'm interested in finding out what's happening with the bunny. When I see the bunny, she's been in some really good matches. And I'm wondering, will she be in the title picture for real? Not just as a someone that's a contender, someone that you just beat one night and then forget about. I wonder will the bunny have one of the major women's championships? I'm very interested in that. Um, I'm also interested in what is happening with the on the women's side of the WWE. Bianca Belair has been fantastic, 
But I'm wondering who's going to be next in the title picture on the women's side. And I'm wondering if that is going to be um, Bailey. Will Bailey get have uh, championship gold at some point in 2023? Her, her cohorts there in the faction that she's in, they have tag team championships. I wonder will Bailey be a champion in 2023? So that's my six pack, my top six at six that I have right there. Number five on my list. I'm really happy for the independence uh, in professional wrestling, independent wrestling. Okay, my buddy Brian, who's probably listening to the podcast from Chicago, he goes to a lot of these different shows, WWE, AEW, but he likes the independence as well. And so I'm happy for Game Changer Wrestling because in 2022, um, you know, to be able to sell out buildings and to be able to make a mark in the wrestling landscape in a, in a kind of an ECW, CCW type of way, it, it's, it's pretty strong. I think that um, the Game Changer brand, which has been a little bit quiet uh, over the last couple of months, but they're going to come back with a roar because I know they have a show coming up uh, on January 1st. WWE's not going to do a day one this year, but I know who is, and that's going to be um, Game Changer Wrestling. They've got a show coming up. And I was just very happy about what they were able to do. I was able to order several of their pay-per-views. I really like what they've been able to do with their company because it's a mixture of, just in the same way of ECW. It's not just blood and gore. It's not just like with weapons matches. It's just solid wrestling it's got some of everything that you want and so game changer wrestling with their merch and with what lauderdale has done as a promoter has been very very good they do have a show they have let me see new year's day they have a show that you can watch on um on fight tv they're going to be at the it says showboat in atlantic city wow that's crazy yeah so they're going to actually have a combined show they're going to have something on New Year's Eve at 8 o'clock Eastern, and then they're going to have, looks like, two shows. Game Changer in particular going to be at 5 Eastern at the Showboat in Atlantic City. And I'm sure they'll do well, and it's going to be on fight as well. So I'm, I'm very happy for GCW. I'm happy for Ohio Valley Wrestling. Um, I'm happy for uh, Women of Wrestling. You talk about, um, this is owned by Jeannie Buss, the owner of the Los Angeles Lakers. So... You know, you're trying to figure out, okay, well, what other wrestling is on besides AW and WWE? Here's Women of Wrestling that's on CW. And it might be on a different channel in your area, but I know I get it on my CW. And I know that uh, Brian and Gabe and I have talked about this. I mean, they've, they're getting really good numbers on Saturday nights. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's like, like they're doing well. They're actually getting, for a Saturday night, they're not doing badly. They're doing actually better numbers from time to time than Impact Wrestling. On the CW network, and it's on random times. I think Brian told me it's on in the afternoon on Saturdays. I, I think we get it here Saturday night for a couple of uh, showings. So just independent wrestling like that uh, is my number five. Game Changer, Ohio Valley, Warrior Wrestling out of Chicago, Defy uh, out of Portland. Uh, that's where I was able to see Nick Wayne. Nick Wayne's not even old enough to drive yet, ladies and gentlemen, and Nick Wayne is just amazing. If you have not seen a Nick Wayne match, just just type it in to your Google machine, put it in and see Nick Wayne wrestle. God almighty. 
he is just amazing. PWG. There's so many really great independent wrestling companies. If you're calling it out while you're listening to this podcast, yes, I, I agree. Them too. Whatever you're thinking of, of an independent wrestling show, yes, them too. Because you can... Because here's what's great. In your own backyard, you can be able to see someone off of AW or WWE TV or New Japan. They'll come in for a one-off, and it'll help your card. You put some of those veterans on the top of the card and, or Nick Wayne on top of the card, like, oh, my God, this is great. And, and, and so independent wrestling, hats off to all you guys for making money and for the fans coming out to support local wrestling. That's really cool. Number four on my list is Sasha Banks. Before I get to Sasha, let's hear from Triple H about Sasha Banks. We all kind of thought that Sasha Banks would be going back to the WWE. Looks like she's not. Sasha Banks? Time will tell. Yeah, time will tell. Yeah, I think in a lot of ways, communication breakdowns are terrible. There's a communication breakdown there for whatever reason. Um, Starting back up that communication... um, it's not a difficult process, but it can be a process, right? And you have to go through the process. Um, but she's a unbelievably talented young woman that can do just about anything she wants. It just comes down to what does she want to do now with her life, her career, her whatever that is. Like um, the passion clearly for what we do. There's a passion for other things as well. And, and so it becomes, it comes down to a, what does she want to do? It's got to be right for her. It's got to be right for everybody. But, um, you know, she is, I think, as you've seen over the course of her career of, of just coming into the PC and NXT, is just an unbelievable performer that I believe in with everything I have that is one of the biggest stars in our business. So it's just what she wants to do. Triple H, CEO of WWE, talking about Sasha Banks. So that interview was done a few months ago. And Ariel Helwani asked the question, what's up with Sasha Banks on his show? The Ariel Helwani show. It's on a podcast. You can find it. It's available on your, where you can find your podcast. And so Sasha Banks is going to show up at New Japan for Russell Kingdom, which is great. But is she going to wrestle there um, and do specials? Will she be there part of the time, full time? What is what is she going to do? I want to make sure that this is very clear. That's why I like Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday because I could be able to kind of just speak freely. I know that on Good Karma Wrestling, we got Brian, we got Gabe. Who make sure that everybody gets a chance to speak. But let me just say this long form here. I do not like where some wrestling fans or wrestling pundits are making it seem like the Sasha Banks is less than. She's not less than. She's not. The idea that Sasha Banks is less than Charlotte and she's less than Becky and she's less than Bailey and you know she's less than Dr. Britt Baker or, or uh, wrestlers, uh, women wrestlers from New Japan or in the Indies or Athena or Jade Carter, anybody else, right? I just do not like the slander that's out there for Sasha Banks because Sasha Banks, as you've heard me say many times on this podcast, is silky smooth. She's this era's steamboat. There's no question about that. I've always said that Sasha Banks 
uh, whether she's injured or not, whatever it is, we never saw the best of her. We saw some really great things from Sasha Banks, but there's so much more with Sasha Banks that we still have to see. And the notion that she should not ask for top dollar is insane. Who wouldn't ask for top dollar? Of course, how, how negotiations work, you try to meet in the middle somehow. But if she was asking for like Brock Lesnar money or if she's asking for Charlotte money or if she's asking for Becky Lynch money, if she wanted to be able to get to a certain stratosphere financially and she believes that she is that woman, she should ask for it. But I, I, I don't agree with Dave Meltzer or some others that will look at Sasha Banks as way less than. OK, so so if she wrestles in New Japan and she kills it, and you know, she's going to. So what do you think over there? I mean, Meltzer is a, a, a Japanese wrestling mark. What would you say to uh, what would you say to that? She doesn't wrestle what I would consider a WWE style. I don't I don't think that's who Sasha Banks is. But I also would say that we'd like to see more of Sasha Banks to find out what is her very best. Is her very best going to AEW? Will she show up in January uh, as part of a six woman tag team match? In Seattle or at some point when they're on the West Coast? I don't know the answer to that. I don't know. I have not made a phone call to find out whether or not she is going to be in AEW or not. I think it's very, that circle's very small as far as where Sasha's going to go. But I, I don't agree that she's less than. I just want to make sure that that's clear. Like, she should ask for top money. To WWE, they can afford it. When they were making budget cuts, it didn't make any sense to me. It's like, so you continue to make top dollar. You continue to exceed the amount of money that you think that you're going to make. You you are way past your budget. You're you are going way above what you set your sights for financially because of these shows that you do in Saudi Arabia, because of these shows you do in England, in the UK, these shows that you do in North America. And so you make all this money. And so you can't afford Sasha Banks. You can't afford some of these other wrestlers that's looking to be able to be coming to the WWE. I don't understand that. But that's my number four. I am really looking forward to her 2023. If she even appears in New Japan, that's pretty cool. Because she's saying, I'm independent. I can go to the independents and be able to draw. I can go to AEW and be able to draw. I can go to Impact and be able to draw if I wanted to. And be at the top of the card and kill it. So, uh, you know, I've never been this wrestling fan. If you've known me for a long time, never this wrestling fan that says... All the talents got to go to the WWE because it's the best. All the talents go to AEW because it's the best. No, wrestling's at its best when the talent is all across the world. You don't need to have 250 wrestlers in one company because you know why? Only eight get over. <laughs> only, eight get, only, only eight can win the championship. It's the four champions and the four contenders. Everybody else is just in the middle or at the bottom of the card. So, so you know, it's not about an arms race from my standpoint. It's about quality and quality all over the country for wrestling. If Sasha Banks ends up in the NWA, God forbid, but if she ends up in, in, <laughs> if she ends up in one of these other companies, right? if she's in the Indies or if she's in Game Changer or if she's in New Japan, it's good. It's good for the business. It's good for wrestling that the talent is all over the place. It's good to see because now more people will tune into other places besides the big two, quote unquote, in North America with the AEW and the WWE. That's my number four. Number three, Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns 
and his storyline with the bloodline is the best storyline in 2022. It's amazing. You know, it's funny. We talk about how Brock Lesnar, when he was champion, he was never around enough. Well, Roman may not be wrestling every week, and he may not wrestle every pay-per-view, but he's, a, he's around, and his storyline's around, and it keeps it fresh. Now, at some point, this will end. I don't know when that's going to be, but the merchandise is through the roof, I understand, for, for the bloodline. A lot of this is pumped by Sami Zayn. One of the few times where Paul Heyman is part of a group, but not saying a lot. He's saying some things, but not saying a lot. Sami Zayn is the key to the bloodline. It's, it's uh, remarkable how they're able to keep this together. When you've got the Usos, one of the great tag teams, if not the greatest tag team in WWE history, because of the longevity of the tag teams. I mean, it's because they've held the championship so long, not necessarily because of the competition they faced. I mean, they've built a legacy on facing the New Day. So not sure what that says. But as far as longevity, as far as winning the championships, pretty cool. Pretty cool what they've been able to do. Then you got Roman Reigns. This whole bloodline thing and Solo Sokoa. And Sami Zayn, it, it works because there's so many different machinations all throughout this uh, story that is impeccable. It really is because people are wondering, okay, when are they going to get to Sami? Will it be now? Will it be Royal Rumble? Will it be WrestleMania? When will the bloodline get rid of Sami Zayn? And Sami Zayn is more and more outspoken. And Roman Reigns is looking over there, you know, giving him a look, look giving him a little smile. Even the Russos, both of them pretending like they're all about Sami. And then something's going to happen where Sammy's going to be, if not the best, if he will maintain himself as the number one babyface in that company. It's not even about his wrestling as much as it is what he says, what he does on the, on the mic. It's amazing how this is working. But Roman Reigns is the number one guy in WWE, the number one guy in wrestling. It's not like he's killing himself and wrestling every night. It's not like he's on every pay-per-view. But Roman Reigns and the story around him makes him must see in the WWE. That's my number three. Number two, um, the greatness of the WWE at this point in time in 2022. And we'll get to the number one story, which I think you probably know what it is. I think you know what the number one story is. But let me just say this about the number two of the greatness of the WWE. So SmackDown. If you're a wrestling fan, you may not watch SmackDown. You may not watch it all the time. Maybe you DVR it. Maybe you just check in on Hulu, see if you can see the main event, or check out the stories in the SmackDown. But SmackDown ultimately is the number one show for the WWE. Hood, that can't be. I mean, you've got Raw, the legacy of Raw. Fuck Raw. Okay, three hours of Monday Night Raw, in which the third hour, a lot of times, they just throw it away. So SmackDown is the number one show, and here, let me tell you why. Historically, for years, I don't care if it was, um, I don't care if it's the Grams in Florida, I don't care if it's the Wattses in Mid-South, I don't care if it's the, the Savoldis in New York, New Jersey, I don't care if it's the McMahons in New York, I don't care if it's the Sheik in, in Detroit, I don't care if it's uh, the Von Erichs in Dallas, uh, Joe Blanchard in San Antonio, uh, Vern Gagne in the AWA in Minnesota, I don't care where it is. Many, many, many promoters wished they had network TV. 
it's one thing to say I got TV. I, like I'm I'm on this rogue station, and you gotta find me at midnight, or you gotta find me at a 10 a.m. on a Sunday. But I got TV. And you can say the same thing with uh, you know Jerry Lawler and and uh, and uh, the Jarrett's in, in Memphis. Same thing. Hey, I got TV. Great, but it's nothing like network primetime TV. And that's something that AEW does not have. Oh, hood. I mean, they're on TNT. No, no, no. Network TV. Like one of the main networks, like a CBS, NBC, Fox, ABC. For SmackDown to be on Fox is, is just amazing to me. Because being on Fox, they're mentioned on NFL broadcasts. I mean, it's part of the commercials. They just say, hey, Roman Reigns is going to be on, the, on SmackDown. Catch it, 8 o'clock Eastern, 7, 7 Central. Oh, my God. I mean, here's Michael Cole popping up, doing a voiceover for SmackDown. This is something that wrestling promoters have always coveted. Man, if I can just get on the network prime time, wow, that'd be great. And to see SmackDown in this position is amazing to me. Two hours, and right in the main, right in the bloodstream of every sports fan, right in the World Cup, they're doing SmackDown um, commercials. It's crazy. But the WWE, with their stadium shows, with their ratings and revenue, especially on SmackDown, has been tremendous, especially with the transition of Triple H being the CEO of this company. The greatness of the WWE has been interesting to me because with Vince gone, what will Triple H do? Well, here's what Triple H has done. He's been great in being able to let you know that there's stakes involved in the matches. You've always seen the Intercontinental Championship, but there's a generation, maybe or two, of fans that... Look at the, the Intercontinental Championship as just a joke championship. They put the championship on Gunther, and there's packages, video packages, talking about the greatness of the Intercontinental Championship. The United States Championship, ah, it's the U.S. Championship. But, but they put it on Bobby Lashley. They put it on Seth Rollins. They, I mean, they put it on meaningful stars in the company. It used to just be just another belt. Ah, oh, we'll just bring over the WCW U.S. Championship and just put it on. No, no. It means something in the WWE. You see packages about the United States Championship. So it's not just a title. These are main eventing the shows now. It's not just some mid-card title. They're main eventing the shows on Raw and SmackDown. And so that's the importance that Triple H has put on those championships. Pretty cool. There's, go- there's going to be long matches because that's what Triple H believes in. He, he, does, he believes in the long match because that's how he wrestled. Long matches, two, three segments for matches. No problem. One thing that he has done that I don't like is this disqualifications. ton of those in his, under his uh, jurisdiction, under his uh, leadership at WWE. A lot of DQ matches. It's like, God, I mean, it is the attitude era for him. <laughs> it's a lot, right? But the WWE continues to make money hand over fist. SummerSlam's at Nissan Stadium where the the Tennessee Titans play. He was able to finally get a show, Clash of the Castle, in the UK. 65,000, 70,000 people sold out to see Drew McIntyre try to win the championship. Those Crown Jewel shows, I'm not a fan of those. But the point is that they go there twice and make huge money in Saudi Arabia for those Crown Jewel shows. They still run house shows a ton. So things have, as are even though there are some differences as far as the approach, 
the money that's being made continues to be a factor for the WWE. They're not taking a half step back in ratings or revenue, even with Vince gone. And of course, you know the number one story. So let's talk about Vince McMahon as we close here. So Vince McMahon, it was the biggest story that we've ever had. It's the biggest story in my lifetime as a wrestling fan. I've seen a lot of wrestling deaths. I have seen WCW close. I've seen a lot of my favorite territories close, the AWA close. But nothing's bigger than Vince McMahon stepping down or being forced out at WWE. And some just take it for granted, like, oh, Vince is gone. Okay, so now we'll see what's next. No, no, it's actually bigger than that. Because for all of the issues for Vince McMahon personally and professionally, he's the greatest promoter that we've seen in the business as far as maintaining a product. Like anything else, it has ups and downs. But any time that he can be able to snap his fingers and say, "Let's let's load up a stadium filled with fans, and be able to have our show WrestleMania or SummerSlam or, or Survivor Series or whatever. And have his tent poles events be successful from a, a butts and seats standpoint, from a uh, financial standpoint, pretty strong. The guy that was able to make WrestleMania, even though it was Howard Finkel's idea, he says, let's, you know, Beatlemania, let's call it WrestleMania. He goes, okay, let's go with it. Now, WrestleMania is something that everyone knows, whether you're a wrestling fan or not. That's all for Vince, for sure. His business dealings of trying to shut down the uh, his competition, for him is genius. For me, it was bad for the business, um, but he continued to maintain. Uh, he was regretting buying WCW because he says, I bought my competition. Now what do I do? Okay, well, I mean, there are some, there's a lot of bad, but there's some good with Vince McMahon as a promoter, as an owner for the WWE. But people wonder for a long time, if Vince steps down, who takes over? Would it be Disney? Would it be um, NBC Universal? Would it be another billionaire? And come to find out, it was Triple H and Stephanie all along. Of course. Now, of course, with all of this that's happened here from the Wall Street Journal and their great reporting, so gr- grateful for them to be able to expose this creep. All the stuff that Vince was doing behind the scenes um, had him forced out to the point where he wants to come back now to WWE because he knows nothing else. He's tried so many different things and failed in so many different ways. But the one thing he has been is is a successful wrestling promoter. So Triple H and Stephanie have done a really good job thus far of being able to help this company because ultimately uh, it's still moving along nicely. Financially, ratings-wise, under Triple H and Stephanie, they're doing just fine. Who would take over? Those two took over. But Vince McMahon stepping down was shocking. And then we read the allegations and the truths about Vince McMahon. Somehow, some way, wrestling fans, somehow, some way, all the success that Vince had, all the success that he had as a wrestling promoter, as a businessman, the money he was bringing into cities across the country, around the world, yet he was bored. Instead of just focusing in on his business, he was bored. So he decided to mess with women 
and decided to have them do things because he had power, because he had money. People with power and money can be very, very dangerous. Not everybody, but some. And Vince, as a billionaire, decides, you know what, I'm bored. I'm going to get some women that are outside of my marriage, and I'm going to have them sign some uh, MDAs and non-disclosure agreements, and we're going to have some fun because I'm, I'm Vince McMahon. <laughs> and he kind of just threw it all away. Now, keep in mind, it's actually good for the business because the WWE product is better as far as in-ring because the product had gotten stale over the last, what, 10, 15 years? Especially post-Cena. It had gotten stale. And so with Vince out, it's just interesting to watch Triple H versus Tony Khan versus the Independents versus New Japan and everywhere else in between to be able to get all of our eyeballs. They're trying to get all of our attention. And I think it's great. The WWE has been great for a long time. But I love the fact that we have so many other places to be able to watch wrestling and enjoy wrestling. I'll say this just as an addendum to uh, the top 10 I just gave you. My thoughts on Vince. Put on my glasses. My thoughts on Vince. My thoughts on the greatness of the WWE because of SmackDown, the reigns of revenue, how things have been able to hold up. Roman Reigns, Sasha Banks, independent wrestling, my top six at six, Jim Crocker Promotions returning, Ring of Honor uh, being purchased by Tony Khan, FTR versus Briscoe is my favorite match of the year, AEW going to TBS on January 5th for the first time in a long, long time. You know what? And all this is just great that all of us as wrestling fans can enjoy, really, really enjoy professional wrestling. We can really enjoy so many things that's happening in this uh, in this sphere because it, it's it's not just one show in town. It's so many different shows. And so we can really enjoy it. 2023 is going to be great. It's going to be great for us as wrestling fans. The UK, the Indies, Europe, North America. Enjoy and love professional wrestling, everybody. I cannot wait for 2023. We can talk more about this. Now, let me give you a sneak preview real quick before I let you go because we're almost an hour into this thing. That's how excited I am about what we saw in 2022. It's really cool. Um... Let me make sure I got the date here. The date is next Thursday, and that is on the 29th. The 29th of December, we will have our Best of Interviews show on Good Karma Wrestling. I want you to check that out. If you missed some of our great interviews, more we talked to MVP and Almost. That was hilarious. We talked to Bruce the Barber Beefcake. We talked to Matt Menard, um, Daddy Magic, and so many others. Uh, Jeff Cobb. And again, we just started in April. But we got so much more wrestling content to bring you. Stay at this space right here. Go to Good Karma Wrestling. Download the podcast. Subscribe. Like. Share. Let people know that we're talking wrestling right here on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Because we have so much. 2023 is going to be so much fun. And I can't wait to bring it to you. Happy New Year to you and your family. Thanks so much. Keep supporting this podcast here. We'll love bringing you professional wrestling right here on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. With me, Jonathan Hood.